All right, all right. We're back with another episode of English and Coffee. I'm your host, Demion. Also, the founder of www.englishandcoffee.org. Uh, it's a new site. If you listened to the last podcast, you would have heard about it. It's soft release. We haven't really gone full blown with it, but I'll let you guys know about it. I haven't started running any ads or anything like that. I'm trying to make the world know about it, but um, you know, we're just keeping it a small community for right now, just taking things day by day. We got a nice overcast uh, up ahead. I'm looking at the clouds, and they are not quite black, but they are deep, deep, deep blue, and they are pretty much covering the whole sky, so I imagine we have some rain coming. Maybe it's raining where you are. Maybe you're sitting there waiting for rain, but we're just going to have a free-flowing conversation today, as we always do, so let's go ahead and take another sip of this coffee. I'll take one with you, all right? Mm-hmm. And let's get it started. So, I think where I'm going to start today, I don't know where we'll end. I'm just going to talk about paying attention to what you put into your your circle. And your circle could be your your thoughts, you know, what you eat, your diet, just basically your whole selfosphere. We're going to come up with a new word, your whole selfosphere, right? Books you read, people you talk to, energies you let pass through freely into your orbit. Now, for me, one of the biggest energies I have, as for most of you, hopefully at some point, if not continuously now, maybe in the past, one of the biggest energies I have passing through my life and one of those energies that I just constantly spend a lot of time with is my mother. My mother is a big support for me, probably one of the biggest supports I have, um, as it should be. I mean, your family is is who's going to be there for you. Of course, your mom brought you into the world, so, you know, you tend to look, for, look to her for guidance, you know, even later in your years. I mean, you're never going to stop being a son or a daughter. I don't care if you're 60 years old and if your parents are still alive, you're still a kid. You're still going to be their child. You know, because as you get older, they get older. So, I mean, you're never going to close that gap of age. So, she can still call me her son in her 70-something years. I don't even know which number to be exact she is because she stopped telling me, I think, sometime in her 60s. But I know she's around 70-something, right? Now, as you all know, I've been sharing a lot with you on things I'm trying to accomplish and goals I have. And one of the things she's always... uh stressing and putting out there is slow down you know don't try to do everything too fast don't try to do it all in one day now this is a mother and you would expect such commentary from a mother but thing is a lot of these things i'm talking to her about these are new ideas you know she didn't grow up with these ideas these these kinds of plans and and, and uh, possibilities and opportunities as far as with tech you know, you're talking your internets, you're talking your, you know, your stock markets, digital stuff, digital goods, dropship, all those things that people do, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, you know, all these things, TikTok, it's just another, it's just a foreign language to people of the older generation. So it just happens that one of my biggest supports that I look to daily at this point is my mother, and she is from, you know, the past, uh, a relic of the past, the good times in my life, right? So sometimes when I try to talk to her, have these impassioned conversations about things that I'm interested in, 
you know, she, a lot of it, I mean, she reacts out of fear, concern, worry, just because none of these things have been introduced and she hasn't seen them work because actually a lot of them didn't even exist when she was coming up, you know, when she was making her name and, you know, making ground as a, as a young woman. So when I talk to her about investing, namely, uh, she just kind of tends to, uh, <laughs> get on the fence about this situation. And I'm like, investing is the only way to build a future for yourself. And she's just kind of taking it as this whole, well, you should put your money in the bank. But see, that's the old way of thinking. That's the old way of thinking. Put your money in the bank. Put some in the bank. Yeah, have your nest egg. But you need to make some of that money work for you. Whether it's buying assets, investing in a business, you know, buying something to make you more money. Uh, these are things you have to do. And these are things I've, I've understood. And as I explained to her, a lot of this information is not stuff you're going to get in school. It's not a lot of stuff that you learn in the house unless you grow up in a in a rich house. So there's that pullback and everything with that. But, um, yeah, I just want to say that you have to make sure that you have, uh, you know, the right people in your circle. Um, along with my mother, also I have my sister who's very supportive. My mom is supportive, but she can only be so supportive with what she knows. I have my sister, but I also have books people i listen to on uh youtube not listen to is in the fact that they're giving me advice and i'm following everything but no i have that positive message things i want to do continuously coming to me every day i'm getting that that drive that push to keep pushing forward and as i move forward of course people are going to be pushing back pulling away from you wanting you to slow down because you know they've never seen things happen like that like why did you make the website when I made my first website, it was, why'd you make a website? You know, you write a book. What are you going to do with the book? There's naysayers in everything you do. And sometimes you want that. Um, not saying these, these particular situations are like where you have haters, but you do have people that make you question what you're doing. Now, you don't want to have too many people make you afraid to even get out of the bed, but you do want to have people that make you give pause, people that you, you know, deal with, consult with, that give you a reason to take a step back and reflect before you continue, just to make sure you're not misstepping anything. So my mother is one of those people, or one of the biggest people, if not the only person that makes me reflect on what I'm doing. Um, I often wonder, you know, what the world would be like, because um, I know one day it's coming, the inevitable's coming. What I'm going to do with all that, that, um, that time um, you know, I don't mind sharing a little bit of personal stuff with you guys. I mean, about my relationship with my mother. Um, but I'd say my mother, I speak with her, I don't know, on a good day, easily three to four times. As I should, you know. I mean, I, I if you want to say uh, I'm a mother's boy, that is completely fine with me. Because uh, that is my mom. You know, I'll be a mama's boy. I mean, I have a father. Father left a long time ago when I was 14. I talk with him maybe once or twice a year. Um, so as far as that whole looking to for advice and bouncing ideas off, that's just not really there. But my mother is someone who's been there since day one. So I tend to share my ideas. Now, I don't sit there and ask her, what do you think I should do? No, it's not that question. It's this is what I'm doing. You know, basically like a soundboard. You know, your mom's never going to judge you, you know, in an ideal world. And in my world, you know, she doesn't judge. She'll have an idea. 
she'll have her opinions, she'll let me speak, and then she'll share her opinions. And that's how it should be, because I mean, if she's sitting there holding the phone for 30 minutes or an hour, you're going to listen to a good 20-minute rant on what she thinks about it, whether she feels it's wrong or whether she feels it's good. But she knows in her heart of hearts that you're going to do what you're going to do. And that's just how it is when you're dealing with, you know, a parent, a mother. Um, we'll take a short break because I feel I'm gearing up for it, and I think we'll we'll get into that a little bit. All right, so as I was saying, your mother's going to be one of those people that's just going to get in there, be your biggest supporter. She could be your biggest demotivator. Depends on what kind of mom you have. Hopefully you have a good mom like I got, you know, someone that's going to be there to listen. Because a lot of times we just need to be heard. You know, you go around the world, you know, whether you're, you're married, you have a girlfriend, job, boss, whatever. And people don't give you that opportunity to just sit there and just listen. You know, they let you vent, talk about what's concerning to you, good or bad. And they sit there and listen, you know, with the whole non-judgmental face, you know, side on it. And it just gives you that opportunity to get stuff off your chest, whether you want to talk about something that's pretty radical or you want to talk about something that's pretty tame or mundane. You know, even if your conversation repeats, this person will allow you to get think, think, get these things out. So as for me, the way my mind works and the way my thinking typically operates is that I think when I talk. Now... You know, some people sit there in silence and then they think and process thoughts and, and everything before they open their mouth. Now, I do that, of course, in conversation, but here's the thing. Nine times out of ten, I've already processed the conversation before we're even talking. I've already ran through the scenario. So when I give an answer to something, I mean, it's not like I'm just coming up with it off the top of my head. I've already ran through the scenario. I mean, these are things that just how I do. But typically I find when I'm in motion, especially physically moving, like walking or something, uh, the thoughts just come quicker. So everybody processes things differently. Some people you have to sit still. Some people need days to think about things. Me, I'm right there. As soon as I'm saying it, I'm seeing it. So it's almost like an artist sitting down to a piece of paper, you know, a canvas, a blank canvas with a paintbrush. And then he just, as he, as he starts taking the strokes on the paper, the picture starts coming to life. He doesn't know what the picture's going to be. He might sit down with an idea, kind of like this podcast, sit down with an idea, go to paint a forest, and end up with a factory. He might go in the kitchen, you know, because he's hungry, with an idea of making a sandwich, and then he's going to come out with spaghetti. <laughs> it's just, just, that's just the way some of us work out here. Um, I'm sure you have different situation, or maybe you're one of these practical people that just does everything pretty much matter of fact you know you put your left shoe on you put your right shoe on you put your left foot in your pants right foot zip your pants put your belt on put your shirt in tuck it in you know like if you have this whole systematic um pragmatic approach to everything i mean that's fine but some people are just more liquid you know free free moving with thought free moving with motion now I know we're kind of deviating, but it's all in the same vein. Now, when we talk about the whole motion and, and having things flexible, you don't want to be too rigid. And I've talked about that before in earlier podcasts where I talked about being flexible, not being too rigid. I probably uh, emphasize the part of having flexible expectations, not having too rigid expectations. But being flexible gives you the ability 
to adjust and adapt to situations, you know, the climate. You know, if you're, okay, let's just say you had, you bought a new jacket. Hey, you want to wear your jacket today. It's some fur jacket with a little trim and all this stuff. And maybe it's got a nice little name brand or logo or something on it. And you want to wear it today. So you put your jacket on, get all freshened up, you walk outside. It's hot. It's too hot for this jacket. You need to put on a lighter jacket. But you want to wear this jacket. You just bought the jacket. You want everybody to see it. But you don't, you know, you're, you're not willing to take off the jacket. So you're outside sweating, you know, buckets, sweating. You know, you're, you're sweating up your jacket. You know, your shirt's all sweaty. You know, your makeup's running, this, that, this, that. And it's just not a good look when all you had to do is just be flexible, go in, change your jacket. Like, okay, you wanted to do this, but now it's, it's, it's requiring this. You have to be able to make that adjustment. Now, the longer we take to adjust to something, the longer we're stuck in a bad situation. That's just like um, even with marriage. You know, some people um, get, in a, get in a marriage and they're like, oh, well, I've been in this marriage five years and I've been miserable the whole time. Well, that's on you. That's on you. Do you have kids? No? Okay. That's really on you. Now, I can understand why a lot of people stay together um, because of kids. You know, they're like, oh, well, we've got kids, so we got to stay together, try to work it out. Yeah, you know, kids buy you another year. Maybe another six months or something, but ultimately it, it falls back on you. Now, my I, and I could speak from that because my parents did that. My parents stayed together for us kids. You know, they stayed together for us, so they weren't happy. They went with the unhappiness just so we could be happy and have that whole full family thing. And then I guess when my dad felt, you know, we're all old enough. My sister's older than me. I'm 14. He went on and, and left to do his thing, you know. But what I'm just saying is the thing is being able to see that stuff at the beginning. Now, you know, whether you take a job, so we'll take it back, you know, something you can relate to, you have a job. You start the job one week, two week, things are going good, money's coming in. But there's just this whole uh, feeling within the work environment that just doesn't agree with your vibe. You know, maybe they're a very political group, maybe they're a very religious group, or maybe they just got people in there that are unsavory, you know, their backgrounds. You just don't agree with it. You know, the lunchroom talk, the water cooler talk, you don't agree with it. And you don't want to be around those people. Now, you could sit there and miserably work for years, you know, and let that take an emotional impact on you, or you leave the job. You know, a lot of people say, well, well, if we leave the job, we won't be able to find another job. You found that job, you can find another job. Thing is, you just have to work harder to do it. But being flexible, making, being able to make that adjustment in the moment. That's why athletes get paid as much money as they do. Now, I'm not going to say kicking a soccer ball, you know, is the same as saving a life. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, a surgeon's job is, is less than somebody kicking a soccer ball. But what I am going to say is that kicking that soccer ball, it does take skill. It does take a lot of a lot of hours. You know, those guys didn't just go to Walmart, buy a soccer ball, go to the field and say, okay, I'm gonna be what's that guy, Ronaldo. You know, they don't just you don't just you don't just do that. It doesn't just happen. You're not just Michael Jordan because you bought a basketball. I don't care how many videos you watch. No. Those people are where they're at. You know, Serena, Venus, those people are where they're at because of the time they put in. But here's the thing. So they put all this practice in, which really means nothing until it's game time, because that's when you see the fruits of their labor. So they spend a thousand hours running around the track, a thousand hours practicing their shot, their hit, their stroke, whatever, you know. And then when it's game time and then those people are approaching them or they're in a tight situation, they make that split second adjustment. 
and it changes the whole course of the game, the whole trajectory of their shot, the whole direction, you know, and everybody sees it, and, you know, they score the game-winning point, and they just make some unbelievable move because they practice it a thousand times. They practice it a thousand times, and there it is. So they were able to make that split-second adjustment. But it looks like, oh, they just pulled it out of their butt, but they probably didn't. Building that reservoir, building that reservoir of confidence in self and ability enables them to make those real-time adjustments right when it's needed. But then let's just say somebody else encounters that situation, and they don't know how to handle it, so they, they fumble the ball, right? Because they're trying to rush it. They need that time. So what you want to make sure is that you're going through these things, and you're actively working to push yourself to the next, the next limit. You know, so maintaining realistic expectations and being flexible are two of the things that get you there. If you're too rigid, you know, you're running down the field, and there's four people there, and you're like, oh, the only way I can do it is to go forward, you're going to get you're going to get crushed. You have to be flexible, whether it's money. You know, you want to buy a house, right? You've only got $5,000. You don't have $50,000. You got $5,000. You're like, well, I need to go through a broker, okay? Black and white. I got to go through a broker, black and white thinking. You know, it's either this or it's that. And then you get there, the broker says no. You know, then, okay, so what do you do? You go around it. But if you're only, if you can only see things one way, have this one-sided thinking, being very rigid in your behavior and you're thinking, you're just going to have slower results. Oh, man, they got a lot going on out here. We got the wind blowing, right? Got the wind blowing. We got some people out here on a longboard. Two people just rode by on a longboard with all this, this noise. And then I got somebody pulling up to my left here. So it's, it's, it's always strange, you know, when I record these podcasts, because when I started out, nobody is around. But then as I get recording, get into the meat of the matter, people start showing up. That's just what it is. So I think we'll take another break, and then we'll probably close it out, because like I said, it's getting a little, little crowded. All right, so we'll close things down here. Got to figure out what I'm going to eat tonight. I think I'm going to make a uh, make some hamburgers. I got some fries. Bought some fries the other day. Just got to throw them in the oven. Um, I took chicken out earlier because I was going to barbecue it. Maybe buy some corn on the cob. But I, I just don't really feel like standing over a hot stove. You know, I'm just not really feeling like waiting an hour for my food. I kind of want something pretty quick. I know the fries will take about 20 minutes in the oven. I could pick up some hamburger or turkey or veal. Or one of those packs that's just kind of got this little mixture of all three. Sometimes I put pork in there and just have some interesting burgers. I've got some Swiss cheese. So what I'll do, excuse me. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead, toast the buns a little bit. Put the mayo on there. A little garlic butter and all these things. Seasonings. Because I like my food with a little kick. Can't eat any bland food. I mean, I could eat it, but I mean, it's just, I prefer to eat food with flavor. Season up the buns a little bit. Chop up some onions. Dice up some onions. Put that in the meat. Mix it in. Nice, simple little burger. Put that on top of some Swiss cheese, a little lettuce, a little tomato, fries on the side, and keep it easy. I think that's what I'm going to cook today, and then tomorrow I'll finish with the chicken. Maybe I'll go back out, get some corn on the cob. Maybe I won't, but um, there's only so many ways. They say there's a 100 ways you can cook chicken, but there's only so many ways you can cook chicken. I mean, you can fry it, you can boil it, you could bake it, you could probably steam it. I don't know who's eating steamed chicken. You can steam it, you can, um, what else, put it in a bun, put it in a roll, put it in a burrito. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with it, 
but primarily the main ones you're going to do is what's going to be easiest at that time. I don't really like frying a lot of chicken just because it's so, um, all that grease pops everywhere. If you've ever fried chicken in your kitchen, I mean, you know, the grease will pop everywhere. And then you have to wipe down the walls. You have to wipe down the floor. I mean, if you bake it, it's pretty much the simplest way to do it. Just put it in the oven, put it on the uh, little tray, baking tray, put your little foil over it or however you're going to do it. And then you just bake it from there. And then the other thing would be grilling it. But a lot of times when you're grilling chicken, then you kind of have to know what you're doing. Because if you're not grilling it at the right temperature, you're going to end up with this nice exterior on it. You know, the crusty skin and all the sauce dripping. But then when you get to the middle of it, it won't be cooked. It'll be pink. And nobody wants to eat pink chicken. I mean, that's just not the flavor it could just really kill a meal if the chicken's not cooked all the way through i would rather have bland chicken that's cooked versus beautiful gorgeous crispy skin flavor sauce dripping and then uh, a weak middle now you could just eat around that but nobody wants to play with salmonella that's just not something that's going to agree with everybody's stomach now there are some folks out there in the world that only eat raw meat they'll eat raw pork they'll eat raw chicken you know, not like raw chicken, like, you know, you're just going to rip a chicken's head off and eat it. But I mean, raw chicken, like they, they'll undercook it, intentionally undercook it. I mean, you could do that with beef, you know, like a steak rare. I've seen it where people will cut on a stove, put the, uh, put the, the little oil in there, put the little garlic, and then all you hear is, tss, tss, and it's done. So, I mean, they might as well just eat it out of the pack. And then some people have just eaten it out of the pack. Some people prefer the texture of just raw meat. Some people think it's healthier. Some people don't. I'm one of those people. I mean, you don't have to torch it, but I mean, I do want it cooked. Now, I have eaten medium rare. I could, I could, I could rock with the medium rare steak. You know, I could, I could rock with that. But you, I think you can only really do that with beef. You can't, you can't do that with seafood, unless it's sushi. So I can't say you can't do it with seafood. I mean, fish eat other fish raw, right? I mean, shark will bite a mackerel in half and keep going. They won't even think twice about it. Then somebody eats the blackfin shark. So I don't know. It's all personal preference. But either way, I'm going to get out of here. You be safe. Remember, www.englishandcoffee.org. Check out the site. Send me a message. And I'll see you in the next one.